You've reached Debbie Taplin. Please leave a message after the beep, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Okay, I've got Mom's voicemail. Roll the tape. Here goes. From Sherman's March to the Sea Memorial Studios in beautiful downtown Dayton, Ohio, it's The Sound of Liberty. I'm Jack Taplin. Vic Thorpe is out this week. He caught himself shaving. This week, we'll be exploring the wonders of American industry. Everywhere you look, America is outperforming the Soviet Union. Instead of Big Brother, we've got big business to tell us what to do. That's why we produce the most steel the most loaves of bread, the most paintings of farms. In this episode, we'll get a glimpse into the metal, beating heart of America's economy with a report from our veteran field correspondent, Nick Vickers. But first, a word from our sponsor. Say, Mrs. Morris, why are you crying? Why, it's this milk. It's so darn wet. I've been drying it with a towel for hours, but it's too damp. Oh, dread it all. I just, I can't. I can't. Everything is so hard. <laughs> Mrs. Morris, you should try Melman's powdered milk. Milk that's already powder? Why, that'll save me hours every day. Thank you, kind sir. Oh, don't thank me. Thank the engineers at the Melman Dairy Farm and Industrial Experimentation Plant. Is this powdered milk as nutritious as the regular thing? As nutritious and more. Melman's powdered milk contains all the essential vitamins and minerals for a strong body, plus several vitamins and minerals that have never been found in the human body before. So who knows what good stuff those will get up to inside you. Say, how do they make it anyway? Ain't that the question. The head engineer at Melman says people ask things like that all the time. Do they use powdered cows? And if so, does it mean they apply powder to the cows or turn them into powder? And isn't this all Nazi technology? Of course, it's all closely guarded company secrets, known only to Lord Melman himself. Well, those engineers must be a bunch of smart fellas. I'd imagine so. I only communicated with them through Morse code from my ship that anchored a mile offshore of Melman Island. What a fantastic invention. Tell that nice Lord Melman I say thank you. You can tell him yourself. He can hear you at any time. Melman's powdered milk. Don't cry over spilled milk. Sweep it up. Thanks, Lord Melman. We at the Sound of Liberty are pleased as punch to be sponsored by some fantastic companies. We all know and love industry, of course, but it gets you wondering, what's going on in all those factories? We sent correspondent Mick Vickers to the factory floor of Watson Electronics to find out. Here's his report. night was dark. Dark like the kind of jokes my father used to tell on Christmas Eve after he'd knocked back too many eggnogs. What's got two legs and a botched vasectomy, he'd ask. 
It was the kind of night that can swallow you whole if you aren't careful, especially on account of the Irish gangs stealing all the city's manhole covers. I had been with a certain female associate of mine, a Wanda Burgess. Same old story. Pretty young thing marries a wealthy older man. He trips into the scrambler ride at Coney Island, and suddenly Mrs. Burgess has too much youth and money on her hands. She liked my company, and I liked her whiskey. Showed her a good time for it, too. I learned how to make love during the war on the front lines of the Sicilian brothels. All that's to say, when I headed for Watson Electronics, I had downed half a bottle and chased it with the other half. I put myself behind the wheel of my Studebaker and pointed myself uptown, ready to face the night like Custer was ready to face a tomahawk. The Watson Electronics building is a big brick affair that stretches for a whole block, a castle for a king of capitalism. The guard at the booth wasn't much for the looks of me. Hey, uh, wait, you can't just go in there, it's four in the morning. Hey, fella, what are you doing? Why are you talking to yourself? But I hopped over a chain-link fence, kicked in a window, and unlatched the door from the inside. Back in Sicily, they used to call that foreplay. The inside of the factory looked like a war zone, just like I saw in Italy when I visited Naples last year. Something foul had gone down. Wires strewn everywhere, machinery smashed to bits, lights flickering. The place seemed deserted, and I should know, I deserted. Before I had taken two steps, this sort of malformed, impish-looking fella appeared from behind some wreckage and accosted me. A visitor! A visitor! Who are you, fella? I am Barg, and he is me. Look, and it is Barg, you see. I asked the strange little man where Watson was. I remembered I was supposed to see a fella named Watson about something, but the whiskey in my head wouldn't let me know what. No, Mr. Watson anymore. Only the Gizmo King. The Gizmo King? The Gizmo King! The Gizmo King! The little fella skittered off, and I followed behind, close as I could, hand on the gun I had forgot that I brought, and that I had forgot to register. Something was up, and I wasn't going to be caught with my pants down unless I was paying 15 lira for it. This way, Barg is doing a good job. We picked our way through a maze of wreckage, the kind of ruins I had only seen in the nether parts of a Sicilian madam. My pulse quickened as I noticed the factory crew hadn't deserted after all. They were still around, but now they were stiffs, clocked out for the last time, bodies pinned under heaps of metal, others sporting a couple of extra holes in the head the size of the business end of a hammer. I knew I should leave. But I couldn't just run away. This wasn't the Battle of Monte Cassino. I had been sent to ask a man a question. Or kill a man. Or something. Old Johnny Walker was making it all fuzzy around the edges. But Mick Vickers always gets his man. My escort led me up some dilapidated stairs toward what looked like the overseer's office. On account of those big windows that opened onto the factory floor the kind rich types like to look out of while they're twiddling their waxed-up mustaches and kissing their gold bars. The name on the door said Watson, but the hairs on the back of my neck said Trouble, and the itch in my trousers said it's time to see a doctor, Mick. It ain't going away. Here, the Gizmo King. Inside was a throne of sorts, fashioned out of what looked like file cabinets and a whole mess of metal guts from machines that somebody did in long ago. Sat in the middle of it was the fella I could only assume was the Gizmo King, 
a squat little man with a nest of wrought copper on his head in the shape of a crown. Now, I've seen some bizarre stuff in my day. I've seen what a man's insides look like. I've seen two fellas get married in a foxhole. I've seen a Moldovan. But this took the big bizarre cake, like the kind Mom used to make on our birthdays when all the radon in the basement started turning her simple. I am the Gizmo King. I am Lord of Widgets and Prince of Coil. All right, pal, where's Watson? There is no Watson. Watson was long ago, in the before times. Then the calamity happened, and the Gizmo King ascended. I spoke to him on the phone just this afternoon. Lies! The Gizmo King has reigned for millennia, and now you will become my prisoner and coil the Gizmo King's wires for eternity. Bog sees him! Wait, you... you spoke to Watson today? Must have been 3 p.m. He told me to come on down and he'd show me around the factory. Sounded like a nice fellow with a good heart. Guy... Guy remember... No! Watson is dead! I am Watson. The weird little fella stood straight up and I could see he wasn't a gnarled beast of a human at all, just a guy who'd been stooped over. I remember now. There was an accident at the factory. Somebody turned up all the machines too fast, and they spun out of control, and the whole place started collapsing. Heresy! Heresy! A, a beam fell and hit me on the head, and the next thing I knew, I was... Oh, God. What was I? What happened in the last 12 hours? Theo, you did this. There is no Theo, only Gizmo King. You always wanted to run the factory, but Dad knew that I was the only one with any managerial sense. My coils shall consume you, and you shall join the consciousness of the Gizmo. Watson pulled the plug on the old Gizmo King, and his big chair powered down. He was nothing more than a little man with a silly crown that didn't mean anything. Like Victor Emmanuel III in 1946. Thank you, whoever you are. I'm very good at running factories, but I also have a very soft skull and I'm prone to debilitating head injuries. It's no problem. Seriously, it's, it's, it's like a baby's skull in there. It, it, it's, it's horrifying. Come on, feel. I, I, I really, uh, I really shouldn't. Feel it. You're right, it's, uh, that's quite upsetting. Right? Watson, uh, I gotta tell you something. Those bodies we passed on the way in, some of them weren't killed by falling debris and out-of-control machines. Some of them were murdered. Oh, yeah, that's my goof. Well, anyway, thanks for coming down. Now, wait just a minute, Watson. What do you make here? Oh, uh, big spools for coiling wires around. Thanks, that's all I need. The sun was coming out and I was sobering up, which meant it was time to hightail it home and file my report. The night was ending, but the long night of a man's soul, that never ends. And unlike the Italian campaign, you can't escape that kind of night by hopping into a rowboat with some working girls and heading for the Swiss border. Because much like the VD those girls leave you with, that night is going to come back again and again. Mick Vickers, signing off.
there you have it, folks. Watson Electronics makes those spools that you wrap wires around. Who'd have thunk it? Jack? Uh, yes, Ernie? Jack, there's something I have to tell you. Of course, Ernie, but we, we are recording right now, so I hope it's related to the, you know, to the, the, the theme of the show. Oh, I'm so stupid. I should have known you were busy right now. That's all right, Ernie. It's just about time for a commercial break anyway. So why don't you put on that ad for that man who will hunt stray dogs for free, as long as you let him keep the dog carcasses afterward and not ask him what he does with them? Sure thing, Jack. Okay, there we go. So we've stopped recording because the uh, light is still on. Definitely, Jack. Running this soundboard is so easy, even a moron could do it. Well, that's a lucky thing. Now, what's got you so worked up, Ernie? You're as pale as when I told you the Tooth Fairy is a woman. It means she's seen me sleeping. But, uh... Well, uh, Jack, I think that we've been, uh, you know, infiltrated. What do you mean? By, like, a spy. Like, a communist spy. Now, that's impossible, Ernie. We've got airtight security I here. I swear, and... sometimes when I come in, my stuff has been moved around, and it looks like somebody unscrewed the maintenance panels in the booth and got a look at all that secret transmitter stuff, and that's all, like, major classified and everything, isn't it? Of course. That's all military technology, the same kind that transmits our troop movements and secret codes. Why, we'd be sunk if the Ruskies got it. But, Ernie... This is a mighty big accusation you're making without any proof. But I do got proof. See? I drew this picture. So you saw this person you think is the spy? Oh, uh, no. I drew what I think he would look like. This is Joseph Stalin with fangs. Aha! That must be our guy. He should be easy to find, what with the fangs and all. Pretty hard to hide those babies. Ernie, I appreciate you trying to be helpful, but I think you're imagining things here. Everyone who works at this station has been a known patriot for years. And the guards are trained to shoot immediately if anyone gives the wrong code word at the door, or if they have the telltale sloping forehead of a Ukrainian. But if there wasn't a spy, how come I'd be able to draw a picture of him? It, it doesn't add up. Well, okay, Ernie. How about I put this picture up on the wall of suspects so we can all keep an eye out for him? There we go. Right between your drawings of this old Asian woman and this baby with a mustache. You mean Chairman Mao and Drag and Francisco Franco's baby? I saw them at the supermarket. And just so you'll feel better, I'll put out this 1.5 time scale Eisenhower bust to watch over us. He's larger than life, just like he is in real life. Wow. Thanks, Jack. And thank you, Eisenhower's amulet. I feel much better now. I'm glad, Ernie. Say, I think that commercial's about over. How about we start recording again? Sure thing, Jack. Here goes. I could be doing anything with the dogs, okay? It's none of your business. You pay me to hunt the dogs, not to provide you with information about what I do with them after. I, I could just be giving them proper burials, for all you know. Anyhow, if you got a bunch of stray dogs in your neighborhood, give me a call and I'll take care of them. But hold your damn questions. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. We hope you've enjoyed your glimpse into the wonders of American industry. All this talk of factories and steel and what have you might leave you thinking that the secret to American success is in our physical means of production. Well, dear listener, it just ain't so. The engine of the American economy isn't made of metal. It's good old-fashioned freedom. Every American has the right to pursue happiness however he sees fit. Look at me. 
I'm free to do any job I like, and I've chosen to be a radio host on account of my dulcet voice, and because I can't be outside too long due to a childhood infection that never quite went away. That fundamental freedom is why we'll continue to make more cars, faster trains, and bigger bosoms than the Ruskies ever could. So just remember, when your commie Santa Claus will only bring you a big bag of forced migration to Kazakhstan, we'll leave a sack full of freedom right under your tree. I'm Jack Taplin, and this is The Sound of Liberty. Okay, I think I'm starting to get it, like, uh, like, like a little, at least. Yeah? So we know from these tapes that in the 1950s, there was a government-sponsored radio show that used secret military broadcast technology, okay? Somebody was after that technology. Right. Something happened, we don't know what, and the FBI opened a case that was never solved. Yeah. Grandpa Ernie worked for the FBI, and at some point, he stole the tapes that were part of the evidence for that case. Now he's on the run from the FBI. Okay. D don't you think that makes Grandpa Ernie look like a little suspicious? No, he could have... Well, he, he, he was the, the one who pointed out to Grandpa Jack that there was evidence of a spy in the first place. Why would he do that if he was a spy? I don't know, to cover his tracks? Grandpa Ernie is not a spy. I don't know that he is. I don't know exactly what's going on. I'm just saying that it doesn't look good. He's not a spy. He's a good guy. You can be a good guy and not necessarily be a good guy. Who said that, Proust? Did you learn that in what? In like in Bullshit Lies 101 in college? How would you explain what's going on? I don't know. But until I have the evidence, I'm not going to hang my own adopted grandfather out to dry. Like the nuns did in Sister Act 7, God's Dirty Laundry. Grandpa Ernie was my best friend. I spent almost all my time with him while you were off eating organic peanut butter and buying indie records or whatever you do with your hoity-toity Villanova friend. Jake, stop trying to guilt trip me for wanting to do something with my life. I'm sorry that I'm not happy being a frickin' ale boy at medieval times and, and wiping the Red Knight's ass. I get time and a half for that. And it takes a while. You're the one who wanted to listen to these tapes so bad, and now they've finally told us something. You don't want to believe it. I love Grandpa Ernie just as much as you. I'm just not afraid to see him for who he is. That can't be the whole story. We got we 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 just gotta finish listening to the tapes. If you don't want to see our family look bad, Jake, I bet it's only gonna get worse from here. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Of course not. Put on the next tape. I'll call mom this time. Love you, mom. <laughs>